If you're over 40 and want to be the best version of yourself, Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence is here to help. Clarence Ferguson is a seasoned loan officer, fitness expert, personal chef, and entrepreneur who leads a revolution of men and women who want to live their best life going into middle age. Inspiring dialogue, challenging topics, and industry leaders are here offering tips and how-tos to improve your life. Now, here's Coach Clarence. All right, everybody, it's Coach Clarence here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Don't know where you are when you're listening, but we are glad you're here. And um, we're a little late this week, but we're still doing it. Um, I am interviewing Joey S. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. I'll let him do it. Uh, he is a nutrition coach at BSL Nutrition. He's also into foreign real estate. He's an investor, and I'm letting him talk about that a little bit. Um, the reason I have Joey on, because... We talk fitness all the time, but I really want to share his story because I feel like a lot of men need to hear his story because they're probably hiding in the shadows. And so we're going to bring out some issues that help men better their lives. And if you like what he's saying, maybe you can connect with him and he can continue your growth. How you doing, Joey? Hey, my man. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Go ahead and say your name because I I was not going (laughs) to even try it. It's just like it's spelled, man. Yeah, I'm looking at it, but it does not how it's spelled. (laughs) It's Solowitz. Solowitz. Joey Solowitz. Okay, cool, man. So thank you for coming on. I've been um, excited about this conversation. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about yourself? Kind of take me back from the beginning since it's our really first time on air. Yeah, man, for sure. So uh, obviously I'm Joey and... um, Man, the story goes back kind of far. So I ended up here today uh, based on a journey that started, oh, I could go back 10 years, but you know, I was kind of your classic case of uh, graduated college, followed the straight and narrow, got, got a good job, was lucky enough to have the opportunity to start a business and uh, experience some success in that business. But success as we define it culturally here oftentimes is success driven by, by the income you make off of, off of the Absolutely. work you're doing. And uh, to, to be frank, I, I was, it was successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, you know, I, I rode that success and I justified, you know, who I was and, and the sacrifices I was making based off of those, those dollars in the bank that the, that the business was, was generating for us. But what I didn't realize was happening over the course of the five years I ran it is uh, I, I, was, I was saying no to a lot of things in order to say yes to making good money. I was saying no to my health. I was mm-hmm. saying no to my relationships. I was saying no to, you know, some of the joys in life that, that go, you know, far beyond the intrinsic value that money provides. And uh, I, I didn't really recognize that until the time came five years into running my business that it imploded. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was a first time business owner and I had made some strategic errors in how we structured it. And, you know, one of those th- moments where you look back, you're like, man, that was stupid. Like I should have done things differently, but I didn't. And uh, the business kind of crumbled and I was left, you know, looking at myself in the mirror about 70 plus pounds heavier than I had been when I started the business. Uh, You know, I was struggling in my marriage. I was struggling with my relationship with my kids and struggling, you know, just frankly to, to define what happiness was beyond working 16 hours a day, Mm -hmm. you know, and through that experience, uh, I kind of was forced to look at myself in the mirror and say, well, gee whiz, for five years, I have to find my worth and my value off of being a successful entrepreneur. And now I don't have that anymore. Sure. So who the hell am I? Mm -hmm. And that 
that fucking sucked, man. Like that was, that was a hard pill to swallow to look in the mirror and not know who you were. Yeah. You know, I do that every day. I'm <laughs> 52 and still I can't figure it out. <laughs> who the fuck is that? Damn, that reflection needs to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, for sure. I think we all do. And I think that's the thing. That's why, that's why I love conversations like this and, and, you know, uh, living in a world where we have the opportunity to, to hear each other's stories and hear each other's experiences, because I truly believe that by virtue of sharing our own experiences, we can help others walk into a better understanding of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so I, I, I decided at that moment that something needed to change. You know, I didn't know what, I just knew something needed to change. And I figured it started with losing some weight where, okay. where I think a lot of people start. So what was your approach to that? Cause a lot of people are sitting there going, I need to lose weight. What, what well, was it for you? I think my approach was your classic approach that nine out of 10 people follow. I said, I'm going to do a boatload of cardio and cut calories and eat a lot less food. <laughs> and, and through that journey, I learned that that might not have been the best approach, but that's what I knew. And that's what I did at that time. So I actually joined a, uh, I had been a martial artist in a previous life before that, that business I told you about. Mm-hmm. What kind so, of martial arts were you studying? Uh, I was uh, in a style called Ninshoru. So it's a Japanese martial arts style. I'd done it for better part of, you know, 15 years at that point. Worked my way up through, you know, a couple degrees of black belt. Um, had run my own schools in a few different places. But it was one of those things that when I started that business, it, it kind of fell by the wayside. Yeah. And uh, I always loved martial arts. That was always something I wanted to go back to. And something that I had always wanted to try was something different still in the combat sports world but i always wanted to try boxing okay and there was a boxing gym just up the road from my house at the time so i said you know what i'm i'm gonna walk in there and just just see what happens i'm gonna take a couple classes and maybe i'll have some fun and it started out as uh just you know basically just going to cardio boxing classes a few days a week getting moving you know 60 minutes a day but i was lucky man because this this particular gym ended up having a couple pretty high level professional fighters fighting out of it mm-hmm. who i had the you know the opportunity to connect with and as i started to experience results you know just by virtue of moving more getting getting some exercise in putting some degree of effort into my own personal well-being you know um i started to lose a little bit of weight started mm-hmm. to feel a little bit better um but the thing that really struck me as i got to work out with these you know higher level athletes was the conversations I overheard them having about what was going on outside the gym. Interesting. And, and that's what really kind of blew my mind. Because, you know, I think for, as, a, as a person, as a hobbyist, when we talk exercise, we think, well, if I go to the gym three, four days a week and I get my hour in and then, you know, that, that gives me the right to go do what I want outside the gym, can exactly. have a couple beers on a Friday night, can go eat what I want because I work out. Like when we look at the performers, when we look at the people that really go places in the, in the, you know, sports world, <clears throat> it's a lifestyle, man. And that's what I learned from these guys. I started hearing them talk about what they were eating. I started hearing them talk about how they were recovering, how they were prioritizing sleep, how they were prioritizing relationships and med- no, I'm sorry, medita- meditation and spirituality and all these, uh, these other things that go into, you know, what we would define as like systemic health. Sure. Not just being in shape and able to crush a workout, but actually what does it mean to be a truly healthy high-performing human being. Gotcha. So I got to talk to these guys, and I said, well, man, I'm going to make friends with these guys. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, I want to know what they're doing. I'm probably not going to be a professional athlete at 30-something years old, but I can at least, you know, try to emulate their Learn behaviors. Something. Yeah, yeah. There are certain behaviors that come with um, high-level athletes, and you hit on it. It's discipline. It's those other things, you know. I always say people always see the end result. Like, they see where you got to. They see with the six-pack abs. They see you, you know, 
Tell us about the journey getting there, because that's why I think people fail. They see, look at his abs. If I just follow this you know, program he just wrote down, if I just hit the gym, and then they don't realize the mental part of it that comes with it. Man, it's, it's, I was talking about this just the other day with a client, in fact, you know, and, and the, the question came to me, like, man, I really want six-pack abs. Like, that's, that's kind of the gold standard, I think, people in most capacities think. Like, five six-pack abs, that means I'll be happy. Right. <laughs> And, and that's, true. that to me is very much, you know, what we would call like a when then statement, like when I achieve this goal, then everything's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, we can apply that to fitness. We can apply it to money, finance, job. If I have a million dollars in the bank, when I get a million dollars, then I'll be happy. Then we get it maybe. And, and are we really happy when I get a six pack, then I'll be happy. So the question that I, I challenge people to ask, and I, I learned this along my own journey is like, to this degree, are are you here to reach the goal or are you here to grow along the path? Sure. That's the question that we need to be asking ourselves because if we, if we're just here for the goal, then frankly, go do another diet, right? Go, go do a 30 day to shredded, whatever, you know, keto blast diet or whatever. And, and you'll, you'll get to the, the goal, but I challenge you and I challenge anybody listening and anybody who I work with to ask the question, like, what's the goal to get to the goal or to get there and stay there for as long as you want thereafter. Mm-hmm. And that's only achieved through, by virtue of, of really asking yourself what your why is. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. And if we can see that the real goal is to grow along the path, the real goal is to be better every single day, then there really never is an end result. The end result is just showing up every day for yourself and trying to be a little bit better than you were yesterday. Sure. Whether you're coming from a place of needing to lose a hundred pounds, or you're coming from a place of you've hit some super lean physique and you want to take it a step further than that into maybe some sort of co- competition. I don't know. But at the end of the day, there's always room for growth. Yeah. I think, um, a lot of people don't get the hardest part about this is just consistency because they get the diet they get the program and they think, okay, if I just do this, but day-to-day life stuff, kids, work stress, uh, maybe you have relationship stress. The, how do you coach people just through the day-to-day? <laughs> yeah. That's the hard part. You know, that, that, that's that meme, you know, you know, motivation isn't always going to be there, but consistency wills. You know, like, you know, we have to take a bath every day or shower every day. To wash it off. It, yeah. And I, I tell people all the time, if you're relying on motivation to get going, you've already missed the boat. You know, at the end of the day, action begets motivation, sure. not the other way around. And I think that people have this idea that if, if they're not hitting some sort of soul crushing workout and doing some hard blasting diet, that, that it's not worth it. They're not mm-hmm. going to get results. But the, the truth of the matter is, is that it's the small changes. It's the small things we do day in and day out that get the result. And when we can shift the narrative away from these all in, all or nothing mentalities around nutrition, wellness, anything for that matter, you know, then you can start to look at like, what are the things I really do control, regardless of if the kids have soccer practice, regardless of if I have a busy day at work, regardless of if there's groceries to buy or food to cook or, you know, an event on the weekend or a birthday party to host. What are the things I control regardless of all of those things? Because here's the thing, man, like the first things that we tend to let fall by the wayside when things get stressful are the very things that are going to help us cope with that stress. Exactly. And that's what I see time in and time out. I saw it with myself on my own journey. I see it with my clients. I see it with people I, I talk to, you know, just in my day to day conversations. It's like, well, you know, 
going back to those when thens. Well, when things are a little bit less stressful, then I'll cut back on drinking at happy hour on Friday nights. That's my outlet. Well, did it occur to you that 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 outlet is one of the very things contributing to your stress? Yep, causing you to gain weight, causing you to sleep more poorly, causing you to spend time away from your family when sure. you could be with your family who could be a, a source of stress relief. You know, the, these are the 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 when thens in terms of letting things go that that can actually help us through the tough time and replacing those very things with things that are just going to exacerbate the stressful moment that we're in. Yeah. Life's always going to have stress, man. Uh, 100%. So one thing, um, me and Ben, um, who you work with, um, who's the founder or one of the founders of BLL, BSL nutrition, Ben Brown, he, um, the man, he, he basically, we were talking and he's like, I know you know how to work out. I know you know how to eat, but I want you to go through it as a client. And he goes, just be yourself. And I go, dude, I have never tracked food, ever. <laughs> if I wanted to lose weight, I just ate a little better. I worked out a little bit harder. And he's like, I want you to do it. And I said, okay. Yeah. So I personally started just putting my stuff in the chronometer, you know. And it's amazing how eye-opening it is uh, because I don't think people really know how much they eat. They either think they <sighs> eat a certain amount, but they're either overeating or undereating. And when you see it in your face every day with the follow-up calls, you go, wow, I'm really, this is, I'm really, mainly it's me screwing this thing up. (laughs) Really, (laughs) ultimately, it's me. So to someone who says, yeah, that just seems like a lot of work, what would you say to them? You know, awareness is what builds solutions. We cannot solve a problem if we're not aware of what the problem is to begin with. And I think that when we start on a, on a diet plan or whatever, we're, we're, Oftentimes we're asking ourselves the wrong questions. What's going to fix this? Well, what, what am I trying to fix? I need to lose weight. That's not something we're trying to fix. We need to fix the avenues that will result in weight loss. And, you know, I, I know that one of our, our main vehicles to achieve that is, is food tracking. Mm -hmm. It's a tool. It's a vehicle. And for a lot of people that works very well for other folks that can be a really big challenge. It can feel overwhelming and cumbersome and it's something we might have to walk them into. But ultimately when a client asks me, you know, why do I have to do this? I'll usually follow up with the question of, well, tell me what you do as it is right now. And in a lot of instances, they have a very difficult time answering that question Mm -hmm. because that awareness just isn't there. And that's okay. There's no reason for it to be there. There would be no reason previous to this conversation for it to have been there in the first place. We have other things to worry about than how many times a day we're eating. Mm -hmm. But by virtue of showing them like, hey, the first step to this isn't giving you a plan. The first step to this is actually trying to figure out what problem we're trying to solve. Yeah. And we figure that out via data. Sure. You know, you, you don't just decide you want a house and go buy a house. You know, you leverage market data to decide when the interest rates are best, what the price point you can afford is, what your income will allow in terms of your mortgage. You don't just go buy a house. Well, you don't just fix your diet. You you leverage data in order to do that. So the conversation really becomes your first task is only to track food. I don't want you to change anything. I don't want you to think about I don't want you to think about what you're eating or or how you need to change things. I just want you to build that awareness. What am I eating? Mm -hmm. When am I eating? How much am I eating? And most importantly, why am I eating? Because I think that's one of the biggest things that a lot of folks miss the boat on is why. Am I eating because I'm hungry or am I eating because I'm stressed 
Yeah. Because I'm in between Zoom calls and I wandered into the kitchen for three minutes. And now <laughs> exactly. I have a full of M&Ms in my hand I didn't mean to eat. <laughs> and by virtue of tracking, you get the opportunity to see that data. And then the thing that I always say to my clients is this is data, not judgment. Right. Data, not judgment. We leverage the data to build a plan to walk you into the result that you want. We don't leverage the data to judge you for behaviors that are already existing. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So you made a post. It's public, so it's, it is you, public, you put yeah. it out on the internet and, and um, social media. And I was really touched by it because through my journey, my life didn't change until I became vulnerable. Till I started saying, I'm dealing with this. I think as men, we are taught to hold it in, to be strong, to hold back and not say what we feel. So I was really struck by when you you made your post and I'm not going to repeat, I'm going to have you share your journey because I think there's some men out there who are watching that need to hear what you have to say, because, you know, I think men think that they have to be tough 24 seven, that they can't share the feeling. The women are supposed to have the emotions. We're supposed to go out and fight T-Rex, which we may have to, (laughs) but you might need an emotional strategy to do it, you know, because so go ahead and I'll let you share your story of what you're going through and how that's helped you and your business and how it's helping other people. Yeah, man. And I, uh, sorry, let me take a breath here. Cause this one's, I warned you, this one's tough for me to talk about, sure. but, um, okay. Uh, yeah. So I am, I am in the middle of a divorce right now, which is one of the quite frankly, single hardest things I've dealt with in my adult, my adult life. Um, I, my family and I moved to Portugal a couple of, a couple of years ago during the pandemic where, uh, where my wife is from. And, uh, like, like many people, the pandemic, I think was, was a, di- <laughs> caused a lot of difficulties for a lot of people. And, uh, my, my, my family and I, that was, no, that was no different. And, uh, through the process of, uh, trying to move back to my wife's home country of Portugal, you know, we, we ended up in a situation where, where my wife and kids were there and I was here and the flight shut down. I couldn't get there. It's a, it's a long story, but the long and short of it is we ended up being geographically separated for about six months. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I was finally able to get there, um, things just weren't the same. We both had been through a lot. And, uh, you know, about three months ago, uh, she decided that it was time for us to not be married anymore. And that's, uh, that's a tough pill to swallow, man, to, to, to move to a new place, a new country, family, dogs, stuff, your whole life. And, uh, and when you, when you think you've crossed the finish line, find out that you're really just at the starting point. Um, and I love my wife very much. So I'm, I'm, I'm not here to say anything, you know, the, 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 the road that led us here, it was the only way that it could have come to pass, you know? Um, but the thing that I want to share with everybody is, um, I've, I've got a history of mental health issues my whole life, depression, anxiety, um, manifested the, the, themselves in in various ways, including an eating disorder and and a variety of other, you know, manifestations of, of a mental health issue. And the thing that was always consistent during those iterations and manifestations of said mental health issues was, uh, that I, that I kind of hid in the shadows, uh, similarly to what you just said. Um, you think you gotta be tough. You think you gotta be quiet. You think you just gotta put on a face and, 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 and be strong for the world. And, and meanwhile, you're, you're carrying something with you that I don't believe any one person is meant to carry. 
by themselves. Okay. So when this came to pass a few months ago, uh, my initial inclination was to hide in the shadows. Heck, I live in Portugal. Most of my friends and family live back here in the States. Like I could easily put on a front in social media and, and on my phone calls with my family and everything's cool. Everything's fine. I'm good. All's well, you know, and meanwhile, I'll be dying inside a little bit every day. Sure. And, uh, in the first couple of weeks, that's, that's kind of what I did, you know, but I found myself in, in, in a really, really, really dark place, man, yeah. a very dark place. How and did you climb out of that? I told myself I couldn't hide and it was hard. I still haven't yet. I mean, we're, we're in month three of, of this process, so it's still pretty raw, if I'm being completely honest. Mm-hmm. But I told myself I couldn't hide. I told myself that if people asked, I needed to be honest. Mm-hmm. I owed that to myself. I owed that to the people who rely on me. I owed that to the mission that I'm on. And my purpose, I believe, is to, is to help people and, and bring positivity to the world. And as I said earlier, I believe by sharing our experiences, we can help people walk into a better understanding of their own. And if I were to hide this experience, I'd be hurting myself. So were you surprised at the responses you were getting? Because I was sitting there just reading those comments like, man. Because if you go back on my timeline, I did a video similar to yours, but it was probably... 2014 maybe 2015 but I just did a video and I was like look you know you guys think I'm this but here's who I am and here's what I'm dealing with and people were very supportive I was surprised yeah yeah man the 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 outpouring of love and support I mean you're in that you're in our our you know smart nutrition made simple Facebook group uh that Ben Brown hosts um that's that's the company I work with BSL nutrition and that that's that's where I put that, that message up was within that Facebook group. And the, the reason I, I chose that outlet was because I, I found myself in February when this all came to pass. I mean, to be completely honest with you, I found myself having moments of complete and utter panic on the bathroom floor in tears and looking at my watch and knowing I had a coaching call in 10 minutes yeah. with a client who's relying on me to be there for them, to help them yep. along their journey. And I'm sitting there on the bathroom floor looking at, you know, what I perceive to be the, the pieces of what was happening to my life and thinking, how, how the hell am I going to get up and go get on a Zoom call and wipe my face off and be present for this client without them knowing what's going on? But that was the problem with my thinking. I don't want them to know what's going on. I just need to be there for them. I need to be strong. I need to help them lose weight and figure out their own stuff. Yeah. So I chose that outlet, the, the, the Facebook group, to share because honestly, I, I needed that burden to not be on my on me anymore. I needed I needed to not feel like I had to hide from it. Mm-hmm. On these you know eight hours a day of, of coaching calls I sit on, I needed to not have to hide from it anymore. And I couldn't think of a, a better place to 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 say what was going on. And I was afraid, man. I typed that message up that morning, and I sat on it all day before I finally hit post. Yeah, I sat on it. Must have sat on that message for ten hours before I finally just said, you know, fuck it, post it, done. Yeah. And, uh, and I was amazed, man, the outpouring of support from the people in the group who are already existing clients from the people in the group who I, I didn't even know were paying attention to what I was doing, but, but, you know, cared all the same, the, the direct messages, the, Hey, I've been there twos, the, Hey, it gets better's the, Hey, I've not been there, but, and I don't want to pretend to empathize with what you're going through. 
I don't think there's a, a Hallmark card for you move to an island in the middle of the Atlantic, you know, and, and your wife left you the next day. Uh, roadmap, you know, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's one that I, you know, the, the term alone on an island is supposed to be colloquial, not literal, right. but that's quite literally where I found myself. And the uh, <clears throat> the outpouring of people who didn't even try to to relate or offer advice, but just just tried to sit there in empathy yeah. was spectacular man it was so moving so when, and it's helped yeah a lot i assume when you're coaching you're hearing people share similar stories because i always tell people people are intelligent they know eating x y and z and i won't say a food because then people attach it to something negative they know intrinsically that they're doing something wrong so by you having your experience you're able to dive in a little bit deeper and go this is an intelligent person they're a successful executive they're knowingly doing things that are hurting them. How do you approach that in your coaching and tie all that together without giving up too many? I don't want to give up you guys' secrets, but you know. First off, man, there's no secrets. <laughs> hop in our Facebook group, hop online. Right. Every everything that we sell, you can get for free. It's it's <laughs> it's it's the roadmap is all there, man. But you know, it's funny. Um, Ben Brown and Christina Brown, they own BSL Nutrition, who I work for, and they've become incredibly close friends of mine. And Christina looked at me after this, this all came to pass. And she says to me, and, and she, you, know, you got to know Christina, she's all smiles. Yeah. I love her to death. Yeah. She's one of the most positive she's people positive you're ever going to freaking meet in your life. Yeah. You know, it's like infectiously positive. And she looks at me as I'm literally sitting there on our, her and my coaching call, because she's one of my clients. And, and she's coaching me on our coaching call after this information has all come out, you know, just having a conversation with me. And she looks at me and a big old smile on her face and says, Joey, this is just the best because you're going to, after you're through this, you're going to be able to help our clients on such a deeper level than you ever could in the past. Yeah. And, and in the moment I was almost frustrated. I was like, seriously, like, that's not what I need to hear right now. Like, I just need you to tell me it's going to be okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but then I stopped and I thought about it and. And, and I, I was like, man, that, that is, there's, there's truth to that, man, because everybody's going through this stuff. Everybody's going through hard stuff. Oh, man. everybody has something. Anybody and it says they don't, they're lying. It doesn't have to be divorce. It doesn't have to be, you know, or, or some, some terrible, but everybody's got their stuff, man. And everybody's got, everybody's bad is bad relative to their experience of bad. So that being said, everybody's got a reason to give up. Everybody's got a reason to stop fucking showing up for themselves. 100%. And I think that if, if, if we can have these conversations, here's the thing, man, when you're coaching, you know this, you don't want to make it about your own experience because the, the, you're, you're there for your client, you know? So you don't want to say, well, yeah, when that happened to me, you know, because then you just sound like you're trying to bring it back to a story about you. And that's not what the client needs at that moment. Mm -hmm. But if you can look at that client as they tell you something hard that's happening and look then deep inside yourself as you're listening and, and find that place of empathy as a coach to say like, okay, I know I've been there and I know what this person is feeling right now, or at least I have a pretty freaking good idea of it. Yeah. It becomes so much more meaningful to look at that client in the eye mm -hmm. and help them walk into what they already know they need to do. Okay. So I've had a couple coaches in here. Um, last week I got uh, Trisha and she was talking to, we were talking about um, people's relationship with food. Can you speak a little bit about, you know, with your, your years of experience, how people's relationship with food affects their progress. A hundred percent, man. You know, we, we look at people like to say when we're talking diet culture, like food is fuel, food is fuel, food is not fuel. 
food is culture, food is love, food is passion, food is relationships, food is our history, food is our family story, food is our, our trips, food is our travel, food is our memories, food is so much more than fuel. And only to the degree that we can recognize that can we work to affect change in how we relate to it. Because diet, diet culture tells you what you can and can't have. And how, 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 how's that worked for anybody in the past? It has. Don't think about elephants. What are y'all doing right now? <laughs> Don't go eat that cookie. What do you want to go do? You know, so the thing that, <clears throat> one of the biggest things that I, the, the point of relation in food that I've been able to make across any number of cultures, genders, you know, uh, that I've worked with is, is this relationship that I think many, many, many of us have as food as reward or food as punishment. Mm-hmm. And I think that most cultures I've worked with, and I work with clients all over the world at this point, can relate to that statement. Is food a reward or is food a punishment? When we're growing up, eat your vegetables or go to bed early. If you don't finish your plate, you don't get dessert. Reward, punishment, how we relate to food. And I think that when we can move away from viewing food as a reward or a punishment and, 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 and view it as an intrinsic part of our life, view it as something that is going to help us or hurt us to get to where it is we say we want to be. Yeah. We can start to gradually walk into a change in our relationship to food. But as a coach, it really comes down to having those discussions with your clients. And again, not, not walking them towards what you can and can't do, but walking them towards what they want to do and how we can fit their relationship with food into the context of the end goal that they say that they have. Mm-hmm. And that only happens by virtue of a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the coaching you guys do is online. What do you say to someone who feels like they need that personal touch? They want to see you in the gym, or maybe that's what they're used to. And let's say they're thinking about this. How would you say, here's why it's different why online coaches is important. What would you say to them to maybe kind of get them off that ledge to get into coaching? I think that's a great question, you know, and, and what I tell clients is if you want an in-person trainer, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's still plenty of amazing in-person trainers out there, but at the end of the day, an in-person trainer is going to be with you for two, three hours a week. Sure. Who's with you the rest of the time, right? Yourself. It comes from you. It doesn't come from me. Mm-hmm or you, Clarence, or any other coach. It comes from the person who wants to affect the change. Yeah. And when the pain of staying the same outweighs the perceived pain of the change that needs to come, that's when people are going to start making moves. And whether you're with me for an hour or two a week in the gym or a couple hours a week on a Zoom call, you have to be with yourself the rest of the time. Yeah. So that's, that's the conversation I have. Yeah. So a funny moment when we were together having dinner a couple of weeks ago, everybody was joking about how much food you were eating and you're a fit dude. Like seriously, <laughs> you were putting away some food that, gives that I cooked actually. That. Your so food was good. Man. I have, I'm happy about that. BSL had a kind of a client appreciation party and um, I was fortunate enough to cater it and everybody was looking at Joey eat. Cause he's a fit dude and he was out eating everybody and they were like, where does this dude put this food? So talk to people about that. Like 
there's the myth of if you work out, you can eat what you want. You've heard that before, oh, right? So, yeah. like, seriously, talk about that. Okay. Well, first and foremost, let's be very clear. No, you cannot outrun a bad diet. Sure. You know, you can't. Like, you you have to, you can't eat with reckless. Ben Brown would say it this way. You cannot, there's no circumstance where you're going to be able to eat without with reckless abandon and achieve a lean and consistent body composition. That being said, that being said, <laughs> there's two layers to how we can manage body composition. Right. We can manage it by increasing movement or we can manage it by leveraging and decreasing calories. Those sure. are the two end ways that we're going to achieve fat loss. Now, granted, there's a ton of nuance in there that I'm leaving out with that very top level explanation. Number one, I move a lot. You do. I move a lot. <laughs> I've seen you go. I exercise regularly. I walk daily. I, I, I have a very active lifestyle. So that being said, I'm able to leverage a few extra calories than your average person. <laughs> Number two, I like to eat. Yeah. I don't want to live in a world where I can't eat, man. Right. If I'm at a dinner party and Clarence is there cooking some ball and food, man, I don't want to be like, oh man, I'm going to just eat my four ounces of chicken and hundred grams of vegetables and make sure I avoid the carb. Like I want to eat, man. So what I, what I say is I'm, I'm like, well, the, the, the thing that I see with so many people is that 80% of their behavior is not aligned with the result that they say they want. And then they're confused when the 20% of the behavior that they're executing that is in alignment with the result that they say they want, they don't get the result. Yeah. So what we work on in coaching is how do we shift the scales on that? How do we shift the scales to a degree where 80% of your behavior is in alignment with the goal that you say that you have? Mm-hmm. And assume, because we're all real human beings, as we said earlier in this conversation with kids and soccer and work and marriages, et cetera, that there's going to be 20% of the time where things just aren't going to go great. Yeah. You know, or maybe it's not even that they're not going to go great. Maybe there's going to be 20 within that 20% of the time, there's going to be a dinner party or a client appreciation event. And there's going to be some amazing food there. And you just want to go eat it and enjoy it. Not freaking worry about it. Well, guess what? If 80% of the time you're being cognizant of your decisions, your decisions are aligned to your behavior, to the, to the outcomes that your behaviors are aligned to the outcomes that you want. And that 20% of the time that you go eat the second or third plate, it's not going to end the world, man. Yeah. You know? So, awesome. <laughs> so I think people see, see that one acute moment in time. Like, wow, does Joe eat like that all the time? I don't eat like that all the time. You know, if you see me at home, that's not how I eat by myself. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a former athlete. Are you following any teams? Uh, football, basketball, uh, who, who are you rooting for? Okay, you, you caught me, man. I'm, a, I'm an athlete that does not have any interest in professional sports. Okay. Why is that? Why is that? Oh, no, man. What's it's, your relationship I'll with sports? You, dude, it's, it's actually funny, man. Like, I used to be, before, in another life, I was a restaurant manager. I worked for Chili's, and I was I managed the restaurant. You know, you got the, the patrons that come to the bar to watch the games, and, and I've just... I don't know why, man. It's just never been something I've had any interest in. And but as a as a guy managing a bar, you gotta gotta know you gotta know your stuff. So <laughs> so I got really good, and I think that's one of the reasons that I can have you know innocuous conversations is I got really good at picking up on what the other person was saying, and then just being like, oh yeah, no, he is looking good this year. Like, I got no clue who that guy was, but like he said, he's looking good. And you just kind of agree with what they're saying and say a forward moving reflection. And you guess just what? lost your shot for ESPN <laughs> right now. They were gonna bring you on as a comment. <laughs> man <laughs> yeah it's funny um you know sports is is a big deal for a lot of people so i'm gonna have you talk about this and we'll wrap up our conversation but 
Talk about sports because a lot of people are into sports and it is an emotional eating time. Yeah. You're either celebrating or you're going, damn, those sons are going to be out again. No. And, <laughs> so how would you tell someone just give not to give away, you know, I say secrets because people have to pay for your coaching. Let me let's be honest. So give a tidbit for someone who say, hey, there's a big there's playoffs this all this weekend. For sure. People man. are going to be sitting around. There's booze. There's quick, fast bar food. There's just fun food that you eat. You're not going to have chicken bread. You're not inviting me to cook for the basketball no. game. You know, it, it, I think um, that's a really good point and a really good question. So I, I, we talked about the, the tools and the vehicles that we can use to achieve the results that we want. You know, we, a moment ago, we talked about food tracking as one of those tools. And I, I'll say to people all the time, like, you know, if you're sitting at home in your own kitchen, you're cooking your own meal on a regular old night, is it reasonable to maybe weigh and measure your food and track it in this app? And in most cases, yeah, it probably is reasonable. That's a, that's a valid tool there. That's a hammer on a nail in that moment. Now we walk into the Super Bowl party or the playoff, the playoff buffet or the bar it is, is weighing and measuring and tracking all of my food, a, a reasonable tool and vehicle. No, that would be picking up a saw to hit a hammer into a nail into a wall. It, it wouldn't work. So we have to, we have to contextualize this stuff into what tool are we trying to pick up? And that's where I really like to drive the conversation in the direction of building what we call hunger awareness cues, mm, hunger like awareness. I like that. And I, I think a lot of the times, especially in the context that you're talking about, these buffets, these bar, the, the, the playoff games where the table's full of chips and snacks and, you know, cooler full of beer, these are hand-to-mouth foods where we just, you know, start picking from the bowl and the next thing you know, we've had more chips than we can possibly imagine and we feel, you know, bloated as can be and we're like, man, I shouldn't have eaten that much and we feel bad about ourselves. So there's simple tools, simple hacks, if you, if you will, that we can leverage in those environments. For instance, instead of eating out, the, out of the bowl, grab a plate. Put a portion of what it is you want, regardless. Don't tell yourself no. Don't say no, I'm not going to eat Cheetos or whatever, but grab a plate and actually put a handful of those Cheetos on that plate. Walk away from the snack table. Eat them slowly. That's another tool, eating more slowly, which is going to help build that hunger awareness because it takes the gut 15 minutes to tell the brain that it's full. So if we eat a handful of Cheetos, the brain's not aware of those being in your stomach until 15 minutes later. And by that point, we've already been back to the table three times and now we feel like we're going to explode. <laughs> so building those hunger awareness tools and, and that, again, it comes from a lot of conversations, a lot of these little tricks and hacks that I just outlined right now. Those are the tools that are going to leverage you to success in, in those stressful eating environments where you have far less control of the food environment than you would in your own kitchen. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So if people want to follow you on social media, how do they find you? All right. Great. Great, man. Thank you. So I am Coach Joey Solowitz on Facebook. That's Coach Joey Solowitz on Instagram. It's just Joey Solowitz. Uh, I just started a TikTok account. That was kind of a big deal. Same thing, <laughs> Joey <know>. Solowitz. <laughs> so we're going to see you doing weird shit with food. I'm like, not doing the dancing, man. I'm just repurposing content to another platform. And then, as I said, man, I uh, I coach exclusively for BSL Nutrition. What does BSL mean? I've Bo known Ben for 20 years, and I don't know that answer. Uh, it's Body Systems Labs. Okay. Body Systems Labs <laughs> Nutrition. But on, on, on all of the socials, it's just BSL yeah. Nutrition. And I highly encourage you to... Uh, to follow BSL Nutrition and myself as well, and you know, love to. So, do you plan on doing like a podcast in the future or expanding your platform? I am gradually growing my presence on social media, man. Like like so many, it started with Instagram and it evolved to Facebook. Now I'm on TikTok, trying to get consistent with that. And 
there there is thoughts in my head and they're just they're just whispers of a shadow of a thought That's right how it now always starts. that in the next year or so I might have a podcast. So awesome. time will tell. Yeah. People need to hear your story <laughs> and you can get out to a lot of people. All right, Joe, I appreciate you coming on and I uh, look forward to following you eat more than two or three servings at the next get together. <laughs> <laughs> and um, everybody stay tuned. We'll be back next week with more information to help you change your life so you can live better forties and beyond. Thanks for tuning in to Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence. You can follow me on all platforms where you get your podcast. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence. You can also find me on YouTube at Coach Clarence TV. Like and subscribe so that you get all the videos as soon as we drop them. And last but not least, remember the golden rule. If you can't be good, be good at it.